This podcast episode is powered by Afropods, the world's number one podcasting platform for African stories. Hello everyone, uh, welcome to today's session of We're Curious. My name is Felix Ocheng. I'll be your host uh, for today. And as usual, what we do on We're Curious is we meet and we discuss a few things that really make up markets, things that I've done on tech, and also a few things that have happened this week. Um, today, I'll be joined once again by our CEO, uh, Erica Soma, who's here to constantly give us insights on on how um, we have in various developments, not only on the tech side, but also um, a little bit on the HISA, uh, the HISA app, the developments that we are expecting in the next few days. Uh, but also one person who I'm seeing is joined in, I'm seeing Davis has joined in um, online as well. And so that's one thing that we would really be looking into. As investors, we are constantly really looking up to just what's really happening from various investment spaces, various investment angles. Those are some of the things that we'll be looking up to. So, Eric, welcome to today's session. Feel free. Uh, thank you, Felix. It's a pleasure to be here today. All right, Eric. Uh, maybe let's start off with uh, with what's really been mo- what what's really been moving uh, markets here and there. Uh, I'd really want us to just um, start looking at. Uh, just start looking at it from the local markets. We've seen a lot of banks release their results, um, the the Q1 results. The performance that has stood out, I believe, for most of us would really be on Equity Bank. It looks like Equity Bank has stolen the show from KCB uh, this quarter, and and also also a lot of guys might want to see what really happened with um, Family Bank, which released their results. Um, Yesterday evening, Family Bank really became, really gave guys an impressive performance. I know that's one thing that guys are really looking up to. Eric, I don't know if you'd agree, but um, what would be your thoughts um, on, on on Family Bank? I think uh, the CEO at Family Bank is really doing a lot in terms of, uh, I think the corporate governance for the company is really going up notch. And we're seeing a lot of guys are starting to believe she's, she's, she's bringing up a model of, um, of of, of uh, Rebecca Miano, and also her name is also <laughs> Rebecca. So uh, guys are always constantly trying to consider mm-hmm. just what level of engagement a guy is having. Eric, what are your thoughts? Interesting. I think when since since she joined the bank uh, as as the CEO, she's made a number of improvements from both a corporate governance perspective and from a numbers perspective. Uh, impressive Q1 numbers. So I think they are. Uh, impressive Q1 results, whereby they had, I think, um, a 70, about an over a 70% uh, increase in uh, their the profit for, for that particular period. I, I think the other thing that I saw that grew was the balance sheet uh, from about 82 billion to 94 billion in a single quarter. But I think she's made significant improvements compared to, I think, the time the bank had a few challenges. And most of them were because of corporate uh, governance issues, but she's, she's improved that a lot. I think that one of the things that I've always told you, Felix, 
is that when it comes to having women on, on board or in leadership, it changes a lot of things. Things around ethics, uh, things around uh, even improvement in financials. So I think it's, it's, it's just a sign that she's making a lot of improvements in the bank, and it's a good sign for investors. Um, the other thing that we hopefully they get listed uh, sometime soon. Exactly, Eric. That's what I wanted to say. You know, a lot of guys are really talking about the bank uh, ripe for listing uh, on the Nairobi Securities Exchange. A lot of people are constantly wondering, when are we going to have a family bank listed? Um, I know that's one thing that guys are really concerned about. And, and if you're an investor out there and you're listening, don't worry, you're not alone. We are all constantly wondering just when is family bank uh, listing on the Nairobi Securities Exchange. Uh, I think Family Bank would really be, uh, it would really be an interesting one. Since we've had a lot of dryouts on the NSC uh, regarding um, listings, I, th I believe Family Bank listing would be something that would be very interesting, Eric. Would you agree? Uh, definitely, definitely. Uh, I think I think they have a bond that's listed on the, yes. the NSC, right? yeah, yeah, and the bond has been performing very well. Um, I think at least, you know, a lot of guys were afraid when corporate bonds, when we started seeing um companies like imperial bank the bond for imperial the bond for chase they all became a little bit of a challenge and that's why a lot of guys started having issues and queries even when it came to family bank listing their bond but now you see it's been close to i think about six years now and the bond has been has really been performing on the nse mm -hmm. something that's very interesting for guys to really uh davis what what would you want to say about family bank i know you're listing um if you probably looked at the bank's results what what would you want to mention on that uh, sorry, I don't have much to mention. I haven't really been covering banks. I'm covering other things. Yeah, but just enjoying the conversation. All right, awesome. Uh, Eric, maybe also to look on global stocks, uh, on global markets this week on the commodities bit. Um, and in case you're wondering, guys, uh, usually on Monday, that's when we cover local stocks in depth. So today, most likely, definitely, um, definitely, not most likely, definitely. We'll really be looking a little bit on global markets, but maybe before we get into that, let's still stay home a bit, Eric. Um, Central Bank's Monetary Policy Committee actually retained the benchmark lending rate at um, 7%, mm -hmm. uh, the, the CBR rate at 7%. Uh, well, Eric, I know you attended the meeting, um, the, the conference call with, 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 with investors and also the media. Mm -hmm. Uh, what what are some of the questions that were arising from CBK, and also to give guys a, a brief of the data we're seeing, and there's just been a lot of data. I'm just seeing central bankers released it a few minutes ago, uh, and if in case you're wondering, I think this document will be uh, this document is on CBK's um, Twitter handle where they're saying background data for monetary for monetary policy committee meeting. Uh, so this is technically the presentation. Um, Dr. Njoroge was slightly optimistic of what we should expect as investors uh, and also generally as the public, uh, the general economic mood. And he said that one of the reasons why they're actually maintaining uh, the CBR at 7% is because they believe that we that um, things are actually bound to get better. Uh, this is this is the same statement. I think this is the eighth consecutive time that the CBR, the CBK Monetary Policies Committee is meeting and uh, maintaining the CBR at 7%. Do you think that Central Bank of Kenya is always looking on what other global um, central bankers are likely to do before they make their move? Mm -hmm. Interesting. I think uh, 
from CBK's report uh, that indicated that the, expect, the expectation in terms of uh, things around inflation, I think that's, that's been constant and the, and, and the current inflation rate is within their target range, which is between 2.5% to 7.5%. And what Jerogi mentioned at the call is that private sector activity is beginning to pick up. At the moment, I think, um, one, and based on, say, banking data, uh, banking sector data, uh, which I think you mentioned that the strong liquidity and capital adequacy ratios, and part of that is the CBK's foreign uh, currency reserves uh, also remain adequate, also remain adequate, again, to cover the economy in case of any other short-term uh, shocks or foreign, or foreign exchange market. The other thing that I thought was very, very important uh, from the CBK announcement is that uh, they'll be getting uh they expect to receive a loan very soon from the world bank i think that was a credit line of 750 million uh, us dollars i think they expect that in two weeks time and jerobe said that part of this will be used to support uh, for budgetary support and um, as, uh, given that they, we currently have a huge uh, budget deficit as kenya and and i think that ends in our our current fiscal year ends in, uh, in June, right? June, yeah. yeah. So I think that was one of the reasons. Uh, but you also mentioned that uh, the other thing that's very important, I think, to, to tell our listeners is that you also mentioned that Kenya is expecting, uh, they also expect to receive some more funding from the African Development Bank. And that that funding will be used to close, uh, uh, to, to assist the country in closing its current account deficit and also boost the forex reserve. So I think the, the, the central bank, it's, it's always optimistic about the current the, the economy going forward. But uh, I think that's the main reason they retained uh, the CBR at 7%. Yes. Very interesting, Eric. I know um, one of the things that I've personally really learned from um, Dr. Njoroge over time, over his period as um, a CBK governor is he's always very optimistic. Um, so I know generally he, it's, it's not only and also just to clarify this to everyone, it's not only um, the CBK governor who sits in and, and makes the some of these policy meetings, uh, but I've always really loved about how he's, he's, he's always, um, he's composed and whenever you talk about the economy, he's so positive about it. When guys are mentioning about Kenya defaulting on bonds um, and payments and X and Y, you'd always see him come out on the strong side and say, no, I actually think we are going to come out of this and this is actually going to be better. Mm-hmm. Um, X and Y, X and Y and all that. So I believe that um, at least it's always good. At least we're looking at this from one angle. Mm-hmm. Guys have been really complaining a lot about inflation and various data here and there. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the things that really stood out for me is that despite having global um, global economic challenges, um, we saw in April, we actually saw uh, a lot of diaspora um, uh, remittances. I think this was the largest in the past um, three years, from 2019, 2020, and 2021. Uh, April had the highest number of diaspora uh, remittances into the country. Uh, I think that is one thing that we're looking at, about uh, 299, um, yeah, 299 million US dollars um for diaspora remittances so you're seeing even as much as um the the entire global economic activity is down Mm -hmm. 
Um, I, I think that it's something that I know guys are really looking up to. And he also mentioned that there's the recent um, diaspora survey which they conducted. We should be expecting that out in the next probably two or three weeks. Um, I know that's something that we'd really be looking into. Eric, you talked about the current account um, deficit. I'm seeing we are just slightly at about um, negative 5.2. So we'd really been looking up to that. I know one thing that maybe Davis would want to talk about, um, uh, not not just today, but maybe later on. Um, we'd, we'd, we'd really be talking about this on Wednesday. We'd talk about uh, the cement uh, consumption, where we're seeing cement consumption has really gone up uh, to about 716,740 metric tons. Uh, that is in March 2021. Looks like 2021, it's only in February where we had less than about 650,000 metric tons of cement um, traded, uh, consumed into the country or taken into the country. Sector growth, I think fairly still remains stable. So we'll still continue looking up this and even um, if anything, if there's anything else to come by um, with the CBK, I know that's something that we'd really be looking into as a team, as we're curious, that's something that we are constantly going to be mm -hmm. uh, keeping our eye on. So guys, you don't really need to worry about that. We're always going to uh to, to to push that up um and and something else will be able to come in through um eric um you have something to say on that uh, i think something that also stood out for me in the week is uh uh aliko dankote mm -hmm. a very known businessman from nigeria uh was in tanzania this week come on man yes i think just just say africa's richest man <laughs> Yeah, like Africa's okay, yes, like, like yes, we know, we know, we, we know he's from Nigeria, yes. but come on, we love the African city. <laughs> yes, Africa's richest man was in Tanzania this week, and uh, he met President Suluhu, and uh, basically from what was shared in the media by Tanzania's uh, Ministry of uh, Communication or the handlers of uh, of Suluhu is that. Dankote is very optimistic about Tanzania at the moment. Uh, he said that the country has changed dramatically from a policy standpoint. Uh, I think uh, what he said is that he expects to put much more investments into the country with the leadership of Sulhu. Now, which begs the question, uh, down to go back to, uh, was it that Magufuli's policies were against foreign investors or what? Uh, but I think he mentioned that he's been investing more into the country. I think he plans to he plans to to to, to open a new uh, a, a new facility that I think a new production facility for them to invest in the uh, fertilizer business, right? Mm -hmm. And then I think he'll be making more investments in the country. I think he already has operations for around cement, which is quite significant in that particular country. So. And he said he'll also be rooting for Tanzania to bring in more foreign investors. So uh, I, I think something that we've always spoken about is at times it's good to have uh, women leaders at the top and they later. I think given that women are a bit compassionate, so I think we've seen what Sulu has achieved within in, a very, in very few weeks, right? Which <laughs> is very, very significant. So what are your thoughts? Well, uh, you know, first of all, I think the main reason that we've really had um, a challenge with with Dangote, what Magufuli really had a challenge with Dangote was earlier on, um, as early as 2016, there was an issue between um, Dangote Cement Factory, that is in Tuara, 
uh, in Tanzania. I think there was the issue about um, Dangote and also uh, the challenge with 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 um, with them having because they had a, a little bit of tax incentives, and so the tax incentives are what were really bringing in a high challenge um, to some extent. And so what I think that a lot of guys really need to understand is that probably they're mending fences because um, earlier on, because it's been close to, I think, four or five years that, um, that, that Dangote Cement and, and Tanzanian authorities had issues because uh, the Nigerian company was actually claiming that um, the government was not really supportive of the word where now the government is coming for taxes that they were saying these were actually tax reliefs, mm -hmm. some of the issues that they're having. So probably I think that's one thing that Dangote is going to look into. My main concern with Dangote coming into, it's really not a concern per se, but it's it's personally for those who've, for cement companies in East Africa. Mm -hmm. We've seen the various challenges that we've had with with with, um, with Dangote just in Ethiopia from Northern, uh, the Northern side of the country. Mm -hmm. What level are we going to expect for what we should have on the southern bit if Dangote, and you know like Dangote has the capacity, his main game has actually been um, having a little bit of access on the low edge. That has usually been his main game. So what would really be the concern for investors who are still going to be here on the market? I believe that is one major concern that um, we definitely would be having. Okay, uh, I think uh, across Africa, I think that that was some of the major news. Uh, any funding report uh, this week? That's major. Uh, maybe just before we go into funding, mm -hmm. Eric, um, one of the things that we really want to see is the few companies um, in the country that have made headlines this week. Mm -hmm. Let's let's finish up with what we have in on local markets, mm -hmm. and then we can go up to what's happening in global markets. Um, so I, I don't know. I don't know if there's anything that has caught your eyes on the local markets this week. I think something that you'd want us to probably talk about. Uh, apart from the earnings reports from banks, it's basically as far as share price. It's been up. We talked about that recently. Uh, the other one was on uh, CBK recently released uh, report. I think that was on the uh, banking sector annual bank. I think the, the annual banking sector report, right? And what stood out for me was that uh, was that we the, uh, about seventy nine percent of banks had, uh, had in in twenty twenty about seventy nine percent of banks had some bit of had some bit of uh, how do you call it some bit of innovation or a fintech product that came out from the banks. So mm -hmm. I think that's something that stood out for me. Um, maybe other news that uh, we can think uh, that also stood out during the week. Uh, in the business world was, I think, um, uh, Safaricom CEO had a briefing whereby he said uh, they, they had negotiated with the Ethiopian government so that it would be easier for them to repatriate to, to cash from that particular country to outside, outside Ethiopia. I think that was major news. Do you really think that would be something that would really be positive about? Because, you know, Eric, uh, looking at it from another angle, Ethiopia has been promising, but there's still a lot of challenges uh, that I know um, Safari community sees. Most of these are promises. Um, the government of Ethiopia is really yet to formalize some of these. And there are a lot of challenges that I know um, Abi has been facing 
mm-hmm. um, in the country. So I know that's going to be a challenge, but uh, let's let's really just uh, le- should we be positive about it? I'm just trying to look at angles at which we can possibly hold this for and just um, uh, j- just j- just probably have a little bit of of of, of a head start. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I think some of these things we just need to have an overview about before we can be able to move in. Yes. Okay. So uh, looking at it from the tech side, um, a few of the things that uh, moved in on the stock bit this week, uh, we're seeing uh, Brazilian uh, prop tech, uh, that is uh, Quinto Andar uh, got about 300 million mm-hmm. uh, for 4 billion valuation. Uh, that's FinTech, a few startups that came in this week. In Africa, we're still seeing um, a little bit of, a lot of activity still from, I think, DAPA Labs. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm also just trying to see just a little bit on stuff. Uh, but then Eric, what would be your take on FinTech within Africa? Do you think that we still have a little, what, what general area do you think companies within Africa are really supposed to have an overview of? Uh, because I'm thinking we should be here in agriculture. Mm-hmm. So if if we're here in agriculture, then I'm constantly wondering, okay, uh-huh. um, what is it that we are supposed to have? Which areas? Because I'm always thinking like agriculture is an area that we can, yeah, um, is, a, is always an area that we can be able to just um, move into uh-huh. as time goes by. Uh, but my concern is still just really about, are we really focusing too much on fintech? Do you think that Africa as a continent should start focusing on other areas like agri-tech? I, I think it depends on, it depends on, uh, I think most of our challenges are with regards to finances. As it, moving moving money is a big, it's, it's a big element uh, in this continent. So I think uh, that's why fintech has taken uh, is taking a big chunk of uh, or a bigger pie in the, in the in the tech ecosystem, but my thinking is that uh, apart from fintech, I think there are other sectors that need to be explored. So uh, uh, we have, I think, the health sector, education sector is a big big area that has not been explored very well. Uh, we have, I think, agriculture, as you mentioned, uh, other sectors that I think will be will be interesting will be around transport. We have a few startups doing interesting things around that area, but agriculture, health are, are quite massive, and even education. All right. Uh, my, my main concern, I really think for Africa should really be a little bit into, just as you've said, you've mentioned it, still really into the education side mm-hmm. and also probably slightly into the agri-tech because, you know, uh, I, saw, I, saw, I, I saw a tweet by um, on on Africa Day, where I saw uh, the, 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 there's a lady, a young lady by the name Kasiva, mm-hmm. who said that it's very sad that Africa as a continent mm-hmm. uh, produces most of the global um, agricultural aspects mm-hmm. or global agricultural products, mm-hmm. and we still import the same products when mm-hmm. they're when they're refined. Mm-hmm. So I think that's one thing that as investors, uh, generally as Africa, mm-hmm. it's also up to us, and it's also up to up to the global community who are funding this tech because we're looking at it from a fintech perspective but you know you can never bank people who don't have money exactly yeah you can't really develop financial products for people if they don't have money mm-hmm. that is my major concern interesting i think another sector that that's that's very interesting is on the logistics side of things 
I think quite uh, very very still few startups doing interesting things uh, in the in the logistics and transport space. So uh, things around storage, services around storage, uh, warehousing, transport of trucks. So it's really unexplored. And I think with the implementation of um, the, the the FTCA, right? Yeah. I think we exp- I think we might see a number of startups doing interesting products in that particular area. Yeah, but then also um, something that moved in this week on on fintech is on on Disrupt Africa. We had eleven African startups actually selected to join uh, the Knox and Impact Accelerator. This is in Sweden, um, where we're seeing a lot. So um, these are not only funds that were selected from just one um, angle, but I'm seeing Rwanda is still coming up because Pesa Choice in Rwanda mm-hmm. is actually one of the companies that um, actually came up uh, as the top eleven companies, and also we are seeing other companies like Quara, payment startups like Nash. So the main concern for me, I think, would still really be on, we're developing a lot of financial products for guys, for for a continent that really needs access to that finance. Mm -hmm. So if we could get various ways and various um, abilities for guys to be able to make that revenue before you can bank guys, before you can create um, any financial product for guys, they really need to have access to this money Mm -hmm. because you can't tell me to say if I'm not if if I'm leaving hand to mouth, mm-hmm. technically there's nothing I can be able to save on that bit. So that's one thing I'm really hoping that guys would really be looking into. So for investors out there, for innovators, over time, one thing that you need to really pick up is you can just probably start having various ways of um, innovating product that would lead either to guys learning on the product on on various aspects of investing, mm-hmm. um, but also talk about wealth creation or wealth generation, um, whichever way that you'd mention it, I still think uh, it would still either be or almost be the same as uh, as guys really picking up because I still insist you can't you can't bank people if they don't have a, if they don't have any money. True. Yeah. I think investments is a big, big element. I think uh, when you do, that's what you're trying to do with his right? Yeah. And when you look at uh, most of the fintech startups in the continent have been on the payment side, so send money, payments, bank, uh, customers to banks. But we have we have seen very few startups that are doing to do, uh, that are trying to develop products around, uh, say, investing, uh, wealth management. So I think it's an interesting space. All right, Eric. Uh, maybe we'll continue watching as well on 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 the tech bit. And we can continue just having a little bit of an overview over time so that we can have um, a final call on, on what we can say time over time, one and again, uh, things that people would constantly be having um, their thoughts about. Uh, one thing that also really caught um, a lot of people's attention this week, Eric, which we can't really leave the curious without talking about, mm-hmm. definitely, is cryptocurrencies. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bitcoin had, um, I think, over the past two weeks, Bitcoin has had one of the worst crashes over time. Uh, five day, if you're looking at the five day uh, general activity for Bitcoin, you'd see Bitcoin traded as low as I think about 35,000 or 34, mm-hmm. there about. Mm-hmm. Um, I know that's, that's one thing that um, a lot of guys have really been looking into. Uh, I know Kelly is, is, is in the chat today. I don't know if you'd want to mention something on 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 Bitcoin, um, Kelly. 
All right, we're not able to get into him, but Eric, what do you think? What what are your thoughts um, on Bitcoin? And just before Eric mentions, fun fact again, I like Uganda. I'm never hitting on Uganda, but here's the fact: one Bitcoin is equal is an equivalent of 129 million 903,457 shillings and 60 uh, 467 and 60 cents that is in uganda shillings mm -hmm. so in uganda you'd need 129 million to buy one bitcoin oh my god interesting uh it's not been the last two weeks have been, haven't been good for crypto yeah i think specifically bitcoin i think we today we saw over the last 24 hours i think we saw a plunge of nearly the time it fell by nearly eight percent up to ten percent at the moment as we speak it's about down five percent and uh, uh some interesting news that came out this week, there was a JP Morgan uh, strategist called uh, David Lebot. I think he won't invest, but that was, that was yesterday, Thursday, that uh, about ex extreme volatility of crypto in the crypto market like Bitcoin and uh, his projections that this might go up to zero, which uh, I don't know if it was a joke or he meant it, but uh, it said that, if, if, I, if I remember very well, say that uh, correlations between crypto and like Bitcoin and traditional assets like stocks and bonds, that's incredibly unstable. So, and, and that makes it very difficult for for them to zigzag during periods of stock and bond market stress. So that's what you mentioned. Uh, and, and I think uh, that comes as JP Morgan was preparing. I think they reported last month they were preparing to offer a Bitcoin fund for their wealthy wealth plans. Um, and, and also just to mention something, you know, um, JP Morgan was, a lot of guys were questioning to what level are they going to have the Bitcoin fund and they were very optimistic onto it. Mm -hmm. um, I don't know if uh, it's because of the, the payments, various um, global payment merchants have, uh, have, have really been saying that they would want to create ways here and there about um, accepting payments through crypto. But I know the main challenge that they've had um, is also with China, which came in the other day and told the guys, uh, you know what, we cannot be able to have um, crypto mining. Mm -hmm. I don't know how China is really going to move into this. I think that's one challenge that guys are really going to be looking into. Um, so I don't know, Eric, what, what would be your thought? Do you think that, um, do you really think that China would have a total ban on crypto over time? Considering China can do it, it's mm -hmm. a communist nation, mm -hmm. so they, they definitely can. I think the question is, how many times have, have they issued such warnings? But this time they've really, they've really yeah, put how many, how many times have they issued such warnings? So many times. Still, I think crypto is here to stay. I think that's the thing. It's here to stay. And uh, I think as China, I think they're planning to roll out their uh, central bank digital currency, their digital currency rate. Mm -hmm. Could that be the main reason why they're trying to ban uh, this, uh, these other crypto assets? Well, I wouldn't want to, I wouldn't want to touch on, on, on China. <laughs> I'd rather hit on Uganda than mm -hmm. hit on China. Interesting. Uh, so I know, I know that that's one thing, Eric. Also on the on the headlines that really made um, news, I think that was on Wednesday, when Amazon uh, Amazon announced that they were actually acquiring uh, MGM Studios mm -hmm. for about was it eight point four billion dollars? Mm -hmm. I think that's that's going to be something as well that guys would really be looking into. How did it play out? Because at at the same time, it's like Amazon has really really revamped up its activity 
now the competition between Amazon, um, Netflix, um, Netflix and Disney Plus, I think those are the main competitors for Amazon. Really, what's it going to be like um, over time? Do you really think that Amazon would finally take over? Also considering that MGM Studios really has a big control also in terms of licensing. Because, mm-hmm. um, you know, MGM, for those of you guys, for, for guys who don't really understand, and in just in case you've forgotten, if you're watching those movies and then uh, you, you you see those, uh, there's usually that, that movie that would start with, 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 with a lion that would draw inside the circle. That's the company that, that, that owns, that, that's the company that is known as MGM, uh, Metro Goldwyn Mayer, which is a studio, it's a media company, and Amazon actually announced that they were acquiring um, MGM Studios. Mm-hmm. MGM has a lot of licensing for movies such as um, James Bond, mm-hmm. some of the movies that have had the highest returns from box office. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I know this is going to be something that, yeah, 8.45 billion dollars. Uh, yeah, I've just confirmed that it's 8.45 billion, so it's not 8.4. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I know that's one thing, there's a lot of activity that we are going to see. Now you see if, if other people now wants want to take the rights, they, they want to buy the rights to probably air some of these movies. Mm-hmm. Um, other other minor, um, smaller companies that would need them probably say, looking at it from smaller companies, and by mentioning smaller, a disclaimer doesn't mean that they are also minor. Um, if you look on other um, probably streaming houses like HBO, Hulu, um, if you're looking on probably NASPAS as well, then we would, they, they would actually have to buy rights now directly from Amazon. Mm-hmm. Um, so I believe that's going to be quite a little bit of a concern. Mm-hmm. Uh, but now my really my, my main worry is what would be your take? How would it affect other streaming services like Netflix? And we saw Disney recently came up with Disney Plus, which I think has really been gaining traction over time mm-hmm. as a subscription service. So what's really going to be like for these other companies? Do you think Netflix still has one way to go in, in one way or another because also locally mm-hmm. uh, we think netflix has also increased their charges mm-hmm. um amazon is yet to increase their charges for amazon prime uh but it's not only on amazon prime looking at it from just a global perspective eric not only from a local perspective but global um from a, a global environment entertainment industry how is that going to be interesting uh that was a that was a good deal i think it's the second largest in, in second largest acquisition in Amazon's history. I think behind uh, the, the, behind the, the purchase of all food in, all foods in 2017, I think that was around 14 billion at the time. Uh, from, from the statement that, I read the statement that Amazon issued, uh, what they said is that the real value uh, behind this acquisition is the IP, the deep catalog that MGM has. So I think, as you, as you mentioned, MGM has a large, large catalogue of uh, movies that have been producing for ages. And I think this is going to be a real competition, uh, bring real competition for for other leading uh, streaming sites like Netflix and the others. So uh, given what Amazon has already achieved from a content perspective, I think these are huge ones. Uh, this is going to be huge. And, and investors have reacted positively uh, to this. I think Amazon's share price is up since they announced this news. So it's positive for Amazon investors. We hope you'll soon be able to invest in <laughs> Amazon shares via his app. 
uh, but I think it's 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 positive for Amazon, uh, and it's it's it it will intensify the competition with for some of these uh, other streaming sites like Netflix, Disney Plus, and others. Talking about Hisa, guys, in case you're wondering, um, trading on Hisa is coming in very very soon. We are almost at that bit. I know constantly on the show we keep telling you guys. We will be trading uh, via Hisa very soon. Uh, if you're yet to download Hisa app, you definitely want to check out um, Hisa app. Take um, take your time, check out Hisa app on either Play Store, App Store. You'll be able to get it. Interact, create your investor profile, so that when trading comes, you don't really have to start afresh and start looking at what do I need to do, what do I need to do. Yeah. Uh, trading. I know Eric probably you'd want to tell guys. Um, I know within the next few months, um, we will have gotten through with regulatory licensing and all this and you'll be able to place orders yes so uh i think on his app it's uh, a brief of where we are i think we began development around uh, we began development of the app around 2019 that's when we did the first code right uh, then uh, beefed up the development around uh, uh 2020 when the pandemic hit uh so we've been doing a few uh, integrations since then but then you know with what you're trying to do we need to get whether I need to be licensed or get a few partners who are licensed. So, so from a tech standpoint, I think we've done a big chunk of the work. So we are at the moment, I think, at a stage where we are trying to get a few regulatory approvals and a few headways. So I think once that's done, we'll be, it'll, it'll be able to release it to the public to enable trading. So at the moment, you can download the app, create an investor profile. Uh, we've recently fixed a few bugs uh, in the app. Uh, but uh, expect trading in the next few months. So just uh, simple things around regulatory approvals, then we go live. All right, guys. Uh, so I know that's something that's going to be very interesting for a lot of people. If you've been wanting to trade on global markets, if you wanted to buy your Amazon shares, if you wanted to buy your, uh, if, if you wanted to buy your, your your Netflix shares, or if you wanted to buy Disney, all of this, I know you'll be able to get it. That's on the entertainment sector, but also if you don't want to buy other stocks, like probably Microsoft, if you don't want to buy stocks like um, Tesla, uh, all these other companies that we've really been seeing and talking about on We're Curious, you'll be able to get them as well uh, on the HISA app. Um, here's a fun fact about MGM Studios. MGM Studios is one of the oldest studios in the world. MGM was actually founded on 17th April, 1924. Quite some time. I don't know what happened in 1924 in Kenya's history, but there's something. There's something that happened in 1924. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So MGM was there in 1924, and now Amazon is actually owning um, MGM. That's going to be one of a very interesting way just to see on how it also affects um, other companies, because we know that over time Netflix has really had a majority of of of, of a say when it comes to streaming services. And now we're seeing Amazon is literally taking over on it. So that's something I know we'll really be looking into um, over time. Eric, I know we've been here and we've said a lot. Um, we're curious. Uh, I don't know if there's anything else that you'd want us to talk about um, as we conclude today's session. I think we've pretty touched much of what's been happening across the globe uh, from crypto to such acquisitions, local markets. So, but I, uh, I think we, from me, that's it. 
All right, guys. Uh, thank you all for attending with Curious today. Thank you all um, for those of you who are listening to us on Twitter Spaces. Uh, definitely catch us again next week on Friday, same place, same time. Um, and also, in case you're wondering where to get the recorded version of the previous uh, We're Curious podcast, uh, you definitely uh, you could you could head up to the Hisa app once again and just check on the on the podcast section there are a lot of podcasts not only for we're curious but also markets monday bulls bears and whiskey and a lot more things that would really be um would really be fun for you guys to just have an interaction um i know we'll be meeting up again on monday as we talk about um the markets how the nairobi securities exchanges performed this week and how markets shall have opened on friday so catch us then uh, but for today i believe that's it for us Again, unless uh, someone uh, on Telegram or on Twitter Spaces has a question, then they can request we, we give them an opportunity to ask a question.